0: As we approach God's word in scripture, let's offer a prayer for illumination. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning, our scripture lesson today, comes from Genesis, from the first chapter, verses 26 through 31. This is at the tail end of the first part of the creation story, approaching the sixth day. Listen now for God's living word to you, the people of God. And then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps across the earth. And so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant with its seed and its fruit, and you shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food." And it was so. God saw everything that God had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your Spirit. Amen. Through the month of November, we are exploring a series on food, food and faith. We are listening to the Bible to consider how food can be a vehicle for understanding how we might experience a deeper faith. We began with food that connects across generations of people, the way faith brings generations of people together in a community Last week, we remembered the ways that we depend on God and one another in so many ways, and the ways that food and the way we eat food and share food illustrates this. So much of our experience of gratitude, though, has experiences that involve food. And today I want to consider the ways that we cultivate gratitude in our own lives, the ways that we experience it. I want to start, I'll begin the sermon, with three unrelated stories about an actor, a Korean meal, and a mistake. Then we'll dig into the scripture a little bit for some thoughts on how gratitude grows in light of these stories, but we'll get to the Bible eventually. First, three stories. So when I walked into the Delana Center in Ann Arbor, as I did about monthly to volunteer in the kitchen with church members at the church I was serving at the time, I was greeted with a different greeting than the normal, hello, pastor. Instead, they said, you missed him. That's what this chorus of volunteers was saying. You missed him. Missed who, I asked. David Arquette. What is David Arquette doing here, I asked them. He's filming a movie in town, and he came to volunteer. Someone said... Now, if you don't know who David Arquette was, because I didn't until he was filming a movie in that town, but he is a Hollywood actor, and he was the momentary heartthrob of my church members, and they were volunteering at Delana Center alongside Hollywood stardom. And the Delana Center is a place of refuge for people without a home or a meal or support for medical, social, or other needs. So what was David Arquette doing there? He was volunteering, but outside of acting, it turns out David is passionate about food security. Wherever he is filming, wherever he is on set, he tries to get away from the set in his off hours to volunteer in local food pantries and kitchens. And when he is working... He is creating movies and stories for people to give their imagination to, to enjoy, to seek pleasure in. And when he is not doing that, he is participating in all kinds of ways that people might have better food or more food or good food to eat. Our cat is offering the world some security and some justice when it comes to food. Now a story about a Korean dinner. When I was in college, I had three housemates one year, and my roommate, when I lived in That house was Korean. His name was Jin. He was from Seoul. And he was starting to get homesick. And so his mom sent him crates of food from Korea, from South Korea. Now, now this is not... I mean, crates of food. We're not talking shoe boxes. We're talking large boxes, multiple boxes that started coming and being stacked in our room, and it was quite remarkable. There were all kinds of things in this food, or in these boxes. There were these cans of of fish that he would make into this soup. They were kind of looked like sardines, but they tasted way better. And then there was this, this fiery red... Uh, pepper paste. They just a dip into, I can't remember what it was called, but boy, you put your fork in it, and it would spice the whole plate. You put a spoonful in it, and you would cry. He loved to cook, and one of the ways that brought him back home was the food that he made, and every once in a while, I would kind of look over his shoulder with a little bit of longing, and and he would offer me something that he was he was making it was so good and then one day he decided that we needed the four of us to have a family meal it was a great idea but he said that he was cooking and it would be a traditional Korean meal I was quite excited let's just say my roommates were a little more skeptical They were a little more of the meat and potato variety, hamburger helper and and such. And so he sat us down and started bringing us plates of food. He started with this soup, and it it had little floating fish in it. It looked a little odd, but it was delicious. He made something akin to, to sushi and sashimi. It was extraordinary. And my other two roommates tried it graciously, openly. It was not their thing. And then Jin did an extraordinary thing. He went to the oven and he pulled out a tray of the same Korean food, but he had substituted all the Korean traditions ingredients with American ones. And it was the most unbelievable thing in the world. I still preferred his, but the act of generosity where sashimi with a little patty of hamburger laid across it, wrapped with seaweed, it was creative and stunning and extraordinary. And the roommates gobbled it up. It was Delicious to them. After the experience and after cleaning up, Jin expressed to us how grateful he was to share with us part of his identity, part of his home and that we would try it that we would enter into a meal that was so familiar to him so much a part of him Jin shared his gratitude that he could share a meal like this and I couldn't help but share that gratitude back and now a story about a mistake My family once owned a winery. Right out of college, I was the general manager of this winery, and one of the wines that we made regularly was a Sauvignon Blanc. Pretty standard fare. It was a nice, crisp, but fruity, dry table wine. And one time that we made it, something happened. Something bad happened. The fermentation stopped. And the wine should have been that dry, crisp, fruity, refreshing, delicious glass of wine that turned out to be a little bit sweet, a bit heavy, overly rich, and not at all what someone who wants a good bottle of Sauvignon Blanc actually would want. But it tasted good. Really good, actually. Despite all of its richness and not what we expected, it wasn't half bad. So my dad decided that it would be bottled anyway. We'd give it a different name. We'd sell it as dessert wine. We'd market it in a different way. We'd tell, tell a different story about it. And you know what? People loved it. It was delicious. But the problem was we didn't know how to make it again (laughs) because we made it by mistake. (laughs) But the creative thinking behind making a decision of taking something that didn't work and still giving it an opportunity for people to try actually meant that we found people who tasted wine in a different way. In a new way, that we're grateful for a unique experience even though it happened once and never again. Today's scripture is what the Bible says right at the beginning of everything. Everything. The beginning of time. The world is created, and God, in the midst of all of this creating, all of this giving into the universe, creates humankind. People. The story of creation makes human beings partners in creating a world with God. And this world is unfinished. And people are made to be a part of what God is creating and to help continue creating it. And God makes the people, which also now includes us, in God's likeness, and God blesses them and gives them a serious responsibility. They are caretakers and co-creators of the things on, on earth. And this is a really big deal. It's something that we take seriously. And sometimes the part about God giving the human, humans dominion over the earth and the animals and the seas and, and the birds of the air, it can be used as rationale to do what we want with them. And, but in reality, it's not permission to be careless. It's, it's a responsibility care for the world, to give to it. Remember, humans were made in God's likeness, and so we are called to behave toward the world the way God behaves, towards us the way God cares for us. We turn and respond and give to the world. All of this is about a relationship. God relates to us and we relate to one another and all of creation, including the food that we draw from it. God gives. We give. We give just like a Hollywood actor who uses his fame, popularity, and handsome good looks to give a bit of food security in the world. We give like a friend who makes a dinner, a meal so generously that comes from a very sense of his own person, his own identity, his own culture. Just like a mistake in a winery that gives a new culinary pleasure, a creative pleasure. Why do we give? Because in giving, we experience gratitude. We experience gratitude when others experience the gifts that we have to give. And what defines humans in the book of Genesis is not the many detailed failures or hardships or broken things or relationships or experiences. And there is, there's a lot of that in Genesis. Because there's a lot of that in the world. But what defines people is not all of this. What defines people in the book of Genesis and really in how God relates to humanity and all of creation is blessing. God's blessing. What defines people is blessing, and it is blessing that ends up being shared. God gave it so that it could be given. Now, this time of year, with Thanksgiving on the horizon, we often talk about gratitude. It comes up among friends and family and dinner tables, and for some reason, it is a season to think about giving, whether it's financial or volunteering or sharing with neighbors or friends. And when we have conversations, they're often oriented around a question that is similar to this one, what are you grateful for? And it's a good question, but it only scratches the surface of our relationship with gratitude. The orientation of this question is that it is a response to events or relationships or circumstances that we have experienced. And again, that's all good, but it only gets to the surface of gratitude. Too often, we wait for the experience of gratitude to come to us rather than cultivating it within us or within our community or the world around us. Gratitude in a biblical sense is is more than, than a response to something that happens to us. It's not simply an emotion that we feel. Gratitude really is a muscle that gets exercised Or we might think with our food and faith series that it's more like a garden that gets cultivated, that it's grown. A biblical kind of gratitude is is something that requires attention and tending. Gratitude is nourished and fed and cultivated, not simply something that we wait for or something that we experience randomly, we plant seeds that we water, that we feed, and we pull the weeds around it, and then eventually we taste the fruit of gratitude. It's something that takes time and tending and cultivation and care. So I want you to consider this question in a new way. What can you give of yourself that will faithfully bring gratitude in your life? If you will feel gratitude, in whatever way you answer that question, I am sure that someone else will feel that gratitude too. What can you give of yourself that will faithfully bring gratitude into your life? I know we live in a difficult time for a conversation about gratitude. But it is especially difficult if we are waiting for something to respond to with gratitude. I think it's normal to be frustrated with all that we don't have, cannot do, and what we don't know. It's normal to feel anxious at uncertainty. That all the intention and cultivation of gratitude prepares us in our lives for times like the one that we are experiencing now. That's why I asked the question, what are you giving in some part of your life that nurtures gratitude in you? What action are you taking that reminds you that God is generous with us and God is generous with you and that you are not alone, that we are not in this by ourselves? All of this can happen when people act together, when people give together you may be tired of me talking about it, but since July, the church has been giving food to anyone who might find it helpful from the parking lot every Friday at 11 a.m. It's drive through, it's contactless, it's a sharing of raw, whole, good food. It started out as boxes of 25 pounds and then they were 30. 30- Pounds and then 35, and we started by giving out 25 boxes and 30 boxes, and now we're just giving out 40 boxes, and it, they all go every week. There's never leftover food. And what I was unprepared for in the church taking on this project, this, this opportunity to share food in community, was gratitude. Gratitude for the people who've been involved in it or supportive of it. But even more, the gratitude that I feel that I and the church can give good food to others. And yes, there's been expressions of gratitude back, but I think the most surprising thing is the the gratitude that I have felt. Because Food Rescue US, the the group that supplies the food for us to give, is finding ways to continually keep giving the food. They have found ways to extend the contract again and again and again because this church and so many other organizations and other churches and religious organizations in the city keep being able to give food in the community and people continue to be grateful for it. And there's another group there that gleans extras that that can be picked up. It's sort of off to the side. And every once in a while, there's these boxes of insure. Insure is kind of expensive, right? And it helps people physically and financially. And we've been able to give out insure to people who are prescribed it, who use it regularly. And there are church members and even people who are not members who are volunteering and volunteering regularly, giving of their time. And there are people who are making food for seniors, for neighbors who struggle to get to the grocery store, and there's some people who are just making, using all this food in the boxes to make it for their neighbors just because, just because they can And there was one volunteer who one day brought lunch for all of the other volunteers and for the church staff and really anybody who wanted to have a a bowl of food. It It was great. And people have shared their hearts and their concerns and their hopes and their prayers as boxes are passed through a door or a window or a trunk. When we started all of this, we started so that we could faithfully give to the neighborhood and to the city where, where there's a need, where there's a need for food, but, but it hasn't just been the food that's grown. It's been the gratitude. It's been the relationships. It's been the hearts of, of people, of myself. Gratitude grows when we are willing to give some part of ourselves, when we are f- willing to faithfully give a part of who we are to the world, to people that we meet in it, and we experience gratitude in the ability to do so, we see that gratitude and, and we also receive it back. But it all starts with what we have to give. And it grows, and it grows, and it grows. It grows in us. It grows in community. It grows among neighbors. Thanks be to God that it grows and may it continue to every day. Thanks be to God this day and always. Amen.